Faith, Hope and Love, Episode 177, the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. This weekend's parable of the prodigal son is surely one of the greatest and best-loved parables in the whole Bible. I used to think that the word prodigal meant bad or misguided, but in fact it means prodigious, exceeding or excessive. And in that sense, all three main characters in this parable are prodigal, but each in different ways. One is excessive in waste and recklessness. The other is excessive in resentment and grudging duty. And the last is excessive in love and mercy. It's ironic that one of the best-known stories in the Bible has yet to be fully grasped for its astounding message about God's love and mercy for us and how God really treats the sinner who wanders far but turns back even a little bit. This is Faith, Hope and Love. Give peace, O Lord, to those who wait for you, that your prophets be found true. Hear the prayer of your servant and of your people Israel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello everyone. On this 24th Sunday of Year C, we unite our mind and heart to ponder with reverence God's Word. And so, my brothers and sisters, to prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries, let us call to mind our sins. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good Only begotten Son, Lord God, love.
Let us pray. Look upon us, O God, Creator and Ruler of all things, and that we may feel the working of your mercy, grant that we may serve you with all our heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 32, verses 7 to 11 and 13 to 14. The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once. Your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf, and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it, and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone, so that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and of you I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God, and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with mighty hand? Remember Abraham, Isaac and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have promised I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. The Word of the Lord I will rise and go to my Father. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion blot out my offence. Or wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. My sacrifice is a contrite spirit, a humbled contrite heart you will not spurn. I will rise and go to my Father. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy, chapter 1, 
verses 12 to 17. Beloved, I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But for that very reason I received mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory for ever and ever. Amen. The Word of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. God was in Christ to reconcile the world to himself. And the good news of reconciliation he has entrusted to us. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Chapter 15, verses 1 to 32. All the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them a parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbours, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbours, saying, Rejoice with me for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So the father divided his property between them. A few days later the younger son gathered all he had and travelled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. The young man would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. 
But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. The slave replied, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has got him back safe and sound. Then the elder son became angry, and refused to go in. His father came out, and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat, so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord We only have to look at the situation of St. Paul to be overjoyed that God doesn't write us off whenever we make terrible mistakes, even really, really big ones. St. Paul was a wonderful disciple an excellent messenger for Christ and for God's kingdom. But if we applied merely earthly standards, he would have been banished from Christian life forever before he even began, because of his earlier merciless persecutions of the Christians. And all he had to offer would have been scorned and lost. Instead, he has become the foremost example of how God can make use of even those who have gotten his message so wrong but who turned back and were forgiven and renewed. And then they cooperated with God's grace in the wonderful things God was doing. It is so inspiring. Anyone who witnessed this would rightly rejoice and join in God's happiness at gaining back a beloved and once lost son. In the Gospel we hear, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. This whole parable of the prodigal son and other parables in this section are best explained by the first two sentences of today's gospel where it says the tax collectors and sinners were all seeking the company of Jesus to hear what he had to say 
And the Pharisees and scribes complained. This man, they said, welcomes sinners and eats with them. And because of this, Jesus spoke this parable to them. It would seem then that this set of parables is primarily aimed at all who, like the scribes and Pharisees, are acting like little children, resentful, begrudging older sons, acting more like good, righteous slaves rather than well-beloved sons. The parable reveals how shockingly resentful the so-called righteous leaders of the time were towards their heavenly father and how terribly begrudging they were towards all of their fellow men and women who were trying to turn back to God and seek mercy. The most striking theme today is God's infinite mercy. What a wonderful set of readings this weekend. We're reminded that first and foremost, we are God's beloved sons and daughters. By virtue of God's great love, not because we've earned this position, God is an unconditionally loving parent, the most unconditionally loving parent. We know that a child does not earn the love of his or her parent. They just simply and fully have that love. It exists from the beginning, well before they were born. It's there throughout their lives. It's always there, irrespective of the child's actions and choices. Naturally, a loving parent can get severely hurt and disappointed by their child's actions, but they don't stop loving them. They cannot stop loving their child because it would be like denying their very self. They simply can't do that. This is the same with God, an unconditionally loving parent. That's what God's love is like for us, but infinitely more so. God loves us. God will always love us, like a doting parent. The parable portrays God the Father as an almost foolishly loving and generous parent. We often call this parable the prodigal son, and I used to think prodigal meant bad, but it simply means prodigious, that is, to an enormous or colossal extent, massively overflowing. And in that sense, all three men are prodigious or prodigal. The Father is prodigious in his love, his hope, his generosity and mercy, it knows no limits. And the younger son is sadly prodigious in his wastefulness and recklessness. But he's also quite prodigious and accurate in his assessment of his father's kindness and fairness. The son knows he's sinned, he realises that with shame. The son also knows his father is a good and just man who would at least treat him the same as if he was a slave in his employment and certainly better than those people he was slaving for at the pig farm when he found himself starving to death and they still wouldn't give him anything. The older son is also prodigious in resentment, in working like a slave with resentment and all the time somehow resentfully thinking that this entitles him to a reward but it makes him just bitter And ironically, he becomes more distant from his father than the younger, wasteful son. But at least the younger son realises his error. The older son does not even realise his folly. Fortunately, Jesus, our brother, reveals to us that the heavenly father is the best kind of parent. Truly a loving, unconditionally doting and giving father who makes us all his children. We do not earn it. 
the love God has for us is not diminished by undeserving actions, although it obviously pierces his heart terribly. We wander away from the Father and his love and care at our own peril, for we need our loving Father. And who knows what will happen if we stray too far and don't get to turn back. A less obvious but profoundly important theme relates to the older son. He seemingly faithful, so to speak, to his father in his duty, working hard and serving, but very hesitant to celebrate the return of his brother. Why? Is it jealousy or an it's-not-fair attitude? Is he feeling let down or unimportant? Such toxic thoughts are certainly not aligned with the love his father has for him. My son, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. How often do we feel like that older son? Do we forget that we're beloved sons and daughters, not begrudging slaves? Do we actually believe in what the father tells us? Everything I have is yours. It's extraordinary that when the older son asks a slave, a servant, what's going on, the servant gets it when the older son doesn't. The servant says, your brother has come back. And so the master has put on a party because he got him back safe and sound. The slave is sharing in the master's joy, but the older son is not. How could things have gotten so terribly mixed up? Let us open ourselves to the Father's love that will fill us with joy. St. Luke's Gospel today is long and wonderful. First Jesus tells us the reason for eating with sinners and enjoying their company. He knows us. He comes very close to us. He wants to invite us to share in his life. Jesus explains that seeking out sinners is not a rejection of the just people. It's clear, however, that a truly just person will love sinners the way Jesus does and the way that Moses did in the first reading, having their true interests at heart. The salvation of those who have wandered far from the truth and wandered far from God's love, being a true son and daughter of God is sharing in the Father's passion for each and every one of his children, sharing in that belief that God is not even content with just 99 saved sheep, but will not rest until all 100 are safely home where they belong. St Luke's Gospel also shows us that we can hope even for those who run as far away as possible from love. The story of the son who takes his inheritance and completely uses it up in wasteful living is a clear teaching from Jesus. Even those of us who have wandered far from God are still longed for deeply, and when they return will be held very closely, like a dearly beloved child. There is more than one story like this in the Gospel, showing that whenever a sinner wants to return to the Lord, the Lord always is there to receive them with open arms. How many times? As many times as it takes, because that's the depth of God's love. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you and I are sinners. You and I are the sinners portrayed in the gospel. We can choose whether we're the younger son or the older son. Perhaps at different times we've been in both situations. We're invited to return to the Lord time and time again. We can turn around each day, each moment, and know that God is always loving us and reaching out to forgive us. 
This is the heart of the gospel of Jesus. God is compassion and love. God is forgiveness a countless number of times. God wants us to know his love even when we doubt that love. Even when we only just start to turn back to him because of a rather pragmatic self-interest, God will still rush down the road to greet us. May this Sunday give us a full taste of God's love and an ever-deepening desire to live constantly in that care which is fully and completely ours. This is the unearned possession of all who accept it, our neighbours, our friends, those we meet, everyone. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Amen. Christ came into the world to save all people. In union with our Saviour, we pray for all our needs. For the Church throughout the world, that it may be seen as a haven for the lost and lonely who have despaired of finding happiness. Lord, hear us. For the leaders of our nation, that they may seek out ways to ensure that the poor and the disadvantaged receive fair treatment through our legal system. Lord, hear us. For families that are divided, that your healing hand may soften their hearts toward one another so that they may begin to appreciate each other's point of view. Lord, hear us. For those weighed down by guilt, that the gospel message of forgiveness may touch their hearts with healing. Lord, hear us. For all who are ill, that the Lord will give them healing, strength and peace. Lord, hear us. For all the faithful departed, that having carried the cross of Christ, they may now enjoy eternal life, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God of forgiveness, accept all the petitions we make in our hearts and minds. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Look with favour on our supplications, O Lord, and in your kindness accept these, your servants' offerings, that what each of us has offered to the honour of your name may serve the salvation of all. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. 
let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For we know it belongs to your boundless glory that you came to the aid of mortal beings with your divinity and even fashioned for us a remedy out of mortality itself that the cause of our downfall might become the means of our salvation through Christ our Lord. Through him the host of angels adores your majesty and rejoices in your presence forever. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in one chorus of exultant praise as we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. How precious is your mercy, O God! The children of men seek shelter in the shadow of your wings. Let us pray. May the working of this heavenly gift, O Lord, we pray, take possession of our minds and bodies so that its effects and not our own desires may always prevail in us. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. My heartfelt thanks to you all for uniting in prayer to reflect upon God's goodness and care. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly. The texts used in this program are for the purposes of worship and prayer for listeners wherever you are. Prayers and chants are taken from the English translation of the Roman Missal, edition 3, Copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. Scriptures are from the New Revised Standard Version, Copyright 1989, 
and 2009 by the National Council of Churches of Christ USA. Psalm verses are from The Psalms, A New Translation, copyright 1963 and 1995, The Grail, England, published by Collins. Prayers of the Faithful, Robert Borg's Together We Pray, E.J. Dwyer Publishers, Sydney, 1993. Mass in honour of St. Ralph Sherwin, composed and sung by Geoffrey M. Ostrovsky, featuring the Gloria, www.ccwatershed.org. Copyright 2018, Corpus Christi Watershed. Faith, Hope and Love theme hymn, words based on 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13, set to original music, copyright 1996 by Paul W. Kelly. For more details, please visit homilycatholic.blogspot.com. Contact us at paulwkelly68 at gmail.com. Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources. May God bless and keep you.